Welcome to episode 267 of the All the Book Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Nick Gunning. My co-host is Eric Mickles, but he's off today, so I have a special guest host, Hillary Gunning. Hillary, welcome. Why, thank you very much. Hillary is the co-host of the Previously on X-Men podcast and has appeared with us on several comic book themed episodes at this point, right? How many yeah. is it? Three? Four? I think it's more than that. Most recently, it was Birds of Prey. Yeah. That was a good time. Anyway, Hillary's joining us because we have a special interview today, so we're using some of your comic book skills and knowledge to uh, introduce the interview. Later in the episode, we'll be talking to award-winning artist and illustrator Aletha Martinez, so looking forward to that. Let's uh, dive right into some bookmark. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hillary, what have you been reading lately? Anything interesting you want to tell us about? Well, uh, when I finished The Hunger Games recently, it put me into a bit of a, I can't think of a word, not a drought. Sure. <laughs> when I finished The Hunger Games recently, I couldn't think of what else to read, and you put Cinder in my hands. Yes. So, who's that by? Uh, Marissa Meyer. We actually did that for a YA for Adults book club, and it's funny that uh, you read Cinder so quickly, because I put Hunger Games in your hand at least 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, never... once I once I actually read it, though, I was yeah. like plowing right through it. Yeah, I'm not a big YA reader, but like I've really dug these. So I really liked Hunger Games. I really liked Cinder, and I'm yeah. just I'm sort of like halfway between halfway through the sequel to Cinder, Scarlet. You're more than that, as I recall. You yeah, got... I'm I'm like 40 minutes from the end. You of the got audiobook. bit. Yeah, you got bit by the the Libby quick return. Yes, there. Yep. You were, uh, I, I mean, you were really trying to pound through the end there because yeah. I, I, I want to say you're at 94% of that book. I think book. 94 is right. I and think it that's was right. snatched out of your hands yeah, it was by, like, auto return. by the cold embrace of Libby. Yeah. So hopefully the turnaround's quick yeah, on that. Th- I'll get that sometime. But anyway, so since that, I've started reading um, Ruth Ware's new thing. Uh, oh, yeah. One by one. Yeah. So brand that, new. That just came out. Brand new. And I'm only like a couple pages in. Yeah. It's weird already. Really? Yeah. It's okay. weird. I mean, it starts with, like, the intro page of, like, a corporation website, basically, Uh that's, like, introducing, Mm. like, the people. Mm. And, yeah, it's odd. That's really hard to recover from. I... I felt a little bit like Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple, uh, another book club book we did. That one was all correspondence. And so it was uh, it was always kind of a non-traditional narrative. And that one didn't really quite stick it. Are you confident that Ruth Ware can stick this one? Well, knowing, I've, I've just sort of looked at the kind of plot line that we're going to be following. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very confident that she can sell that. I think like the groundwork she's doing is unusual and weird. But once, I mean, it's, a, it's like a chalet where they get snowed in and then the murder happens so i mean i feel pretty confident that she can sell that yeah well you know i was intrigued by the death of mrs westaway but ultimately i didn't really feel like she stuck the landing with that i liked that one but i think it was mostly because i really identify with her protagonists in general yeah so i think i give her a lot more sway I, you know, I, The Lion Game has been my favorite of hers that I've read so far. But I feel like even with that one, there's a little bit of you have to be willing to sort of be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, you there know? is. There is. But I think she's almost got kind of like a pulpy mystery feel to her that I think, I think encourages you to give her a little more uh, leeway with that kind of thing. So as you're really going for the character experience, you're really going for like the drama and like the twists and stuff and so i don't feel like you you necessarily go into 
a Ruth Ware novel yeah. with like a super critical eye of like making sure that everything like she dots her mm-hmm. eyes and whatever that is. You forgot what letters you dot for a minute there, didn't I, you? I was like, you don't dot T's. You don't. That's not. No, you shouldn't. Don't you really dot shouldn't. your T's. You know, she was sort of, I, I feel like maybe <laughs> a little too soon branded a modern day Agatha Christie. I don't think that I would give her that title, but I get why you'd kind of go to an Agatha Christie comparison. Yeah. I think I think that the the trouble with a with a branding like that yeah. is that it feels like you're saying she's like going to be as impactful in the literary yeah. environment as Agatha Christie, or she's going to have that kind of sway or whatever. I think really the reason Agatha Christie comes to mind is that her style fits Agatha Christie really closely. I I think you're right, though I don't think the structures of her mysteries really do, because Agatha Christie was a lot about withholding information until the very last moment, and then being like, ha-ha, you know? And I don't think Ruth Ware quite does Well, I think she does, but sort of in a different... We're just doing a Ruth Ware Apparently, yeah. I think she does, but like in a different way, because I think that Agatha Christie comes at it as as a much more cerebral, like, the the mystery is the point and like step 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 and i think ruth ware withholds information from her characters okay. and so from you okay. and so like it's much more of a character driven style but the steps are still there okay just in i, I guess it's just conveyed in a different way okay. like through the characters yeah, rather than that. just like a narrator that's really holding stuff back yeah yeah okay well, you've been on a YA kick. I've been on a John Grisham kick. I kind of stopped reading John Grisham for a while. Uh, I was I was burned by uh, Rooster Bar and Rogue Lawyer. He just had a couple that I was really not liking. I remember that. Uh, yeah. And the last several that I've read, Camino Islands, Camino Winds, um, oh, what's that other one? The Reckoning, have all been very atypical John Grishams. So it's been a while since I've read, you know, I, I, formulaic seems like I'm bashing him and I'm not, but a a more straightforward Grisham. And that's what I'm reading right now in The Guardians. And the premise of this is, you know, a group of lawyers called The Guardians whose goal is to go work with uh, death row inmates who they believe are innocent and try to get those convictions overturned. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting in that it's a return to form to Grisham. So far, the story itself hasn't really grabbed me. And I think a lot of that has to do with the protagonist who I just don't find particularly compelling. He is a priest who went into, uh, went into law practice and he sort of uses, like he'll wear the collar sometimes when he goes to the jail to get different treatment there. And I feel like that could be interesting. It is so far not interesting. <laughs> so, tough. you know, I mean, that's uh, that's holding me back a little bit. But I've been, I've been doing that. Some some comic books, of course. I just finally sat down and read uh, the first Miles Morales collection, Miles Morales Spider-Man, that Brian Michael Bendis did many years ago. Familiar with the character mostly from the movie and him just popping up and other things. But this was the first time that I actually sat down and read Miles Morales. And I really enjoyed it. I think you might like it as well. Yeah, take a look. We have a lot of this in our collection, including a novel by Jason Reynolds, uh, writer of Long Way Down and other such things, uh, focusing specifically on Miles Morales. So lots of good stuff in the collection that you can look at there. Uh, So that's it, Mm -hmm. bookmark-wise. Let's get into a little book news. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. Now, this is one of the rare situations where we get to play two of Ben's themes almost back to back because we have an award to announce. Ta da! Hillary! Hillary 
Hillary, you and uh, Kendra Mickles, who were here with us for the Spencer Confidential episode, you guys actually announced the long list for the Women's Prize for Fiction, and it just works out that you happen to be here to announce the winner. Uh, you can find more about the Women's Prize for Fiction at womensprizeforfiction.co.uk. Uh, this is the 25th anniversary of the award, so go ahead and take a look at that website and find out some information about past winners. But Hillary, let us have it. Who is the winner for the 25th anniversary Women's Prize for Fiction 2020? Well, speaking as your resident woman, I'm happy to <laughs> announce that Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell is the winner of the Women's Prize for Fiction. Okay. Uh, Hamnet is a novel inspired by the son of a famous playwright. It is the story of the bond between twins and of a marriage pushed to the brink by grief. It is also the story of a kestrel and its mistress, Flea that boards... Wait, what? A flea that boards a ship in Alexandria and a glovemaker's son who flouts convention in pursuit of the woman he loves. Above hmm. all, it is a tender and unforgettable reimagining of a boy whose life has been all but forgotten, but whose name was given to one of the most celebrated plays ever written. Wow. I'm sorry, you did say a flea that I boards a, a ship flea. in Alexandria. Yes, okay. a flea that boards a ship. So there's a, a kestrel and yes, its a mistress. Yes, a kestrel. Okay. A flea that boards a ship in okay. Alexandria. And then I guess the reimagining of a boy whose life has been all but forgotten. William Shakespeare's son. Okay. Now, does the fact that part of the narrative is from the 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 perspective of a kestrel romance and or a flea on a ship does that make you want to read the book more or less is it from their perspective or is it i just couldn't tell you a flea a that flea. boards a ship i'm having trouble but i'll give it a try okay well it's at very least it's intriguing yes you can't deny that yes it took um, a turn <laughs> tiara jones's american marriage which was a winner maybe not last year maybe the year before i really liked that one and i know past winner the power by Naomi Alderman. I love the power. How many people did you gift that book to? So many people. <laughs> and I'm not really a book gifter either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think everyone I know got one of those. That one really... Remind me, what, what is the plot of that one? That's the one. It's like, all of a sudden, for some reason, women have this power to like use electricity, basically. And it's oh. just sort of about the the shift in power dynamics between men and women as like a society, because they suddenly have this physical power that men don't have. Okay. So they can just like zap men. So is it is it fantastical or is it played really straight? It's played mostly straight. Okay. But it's not science fiction. It's like there's not a lot done to explain why they have this huh. or anything like that. Okay. It's basically like this is happening and there's a little bit of like biology to it, but mostly it's just get past the fact that this is happening and deal with like the situation. And there's a little bit in it that's uh that's like documentation from the future hmm. that is interesting so you can sort of like look at what society might have developed into okay with this power imbalance like this power re reversal it's good i like it okay well it sounds weird and interesting so yeah maybe you can gift it to me nah you don't think so? No. Okay. Well, thanks for considering. We both own it. Today we're joined by artist Aletha Martinez, who has worked with every major comic book publisher, including DC, Marvel, Image, and Archie Comics. Mm -hmm. Are you aware that I'm a fan of uh, I, you Archie know, Comics? I've you, come you across know the that. stacks okay. of Archie Comics all over the house. Uh, her work on Black Panther World of Wakanda, which we have in our collection, so come check it out. Uh, Black Panther World of Wakanda earned her an Eisner Award for Best Limited Series, as well as a Glad Media Award for Outstanding Comics. Let's chat with Aletha Martinez. All right. Uh, 
Alitha Martinez, thank you for joining us on the All the Book Show this morning. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to, to talk to you about many things today, DC, Marvel, Archie, and beyond. But I wanted to start with where I was first introduced with your work, and that was uh, in Batgirl, in Gail Simone's New 52 Batgirl run. So could you talk to me a little bit about how that project came about and what your experience was like working on it? Oh, well, Bobby Chase, who was also my first editor, she start, gave me my big start with um, Iron Man years before, mm -hmm. contacted me and said, hey, you want to do a couple of these issues here? And I'm like, of course, of course. Why not? Because I must say, I, I very rarely turn down work. Sure. And I like works that's challenging. And fun fact, Batgirl was my first like female character to draw like a lead. I oh. always draw solo male heroes. Uh -huh. So it was like, wait a minute, they want me to draw girls? <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. So, <laughs> and then that costume, let me tell you about that costume. <laughs> all right. All these years later, that costume is complicated. I mean, like, Witchblade complicated. Why? So much complication. I remember <laughs> the simple, streamlined stuff. No, we've got to make it look like armor and add all these cracks, and then you've got to go on top of it, you know, shade it up, make yeah, it look yeah. good. It's like, oh... They're trying to kill me, but I love that job. It was a ride. Well, that was an that was an exciting time for Batgirl. I mean, I, I'm an old school Batgirl fan. I mean, she's she's always been one of my favorites. And you know, after having been Oracle for so long, and with with Gail Simone relaunching the title in New Fifty Two, there, I mean, there was a lot of attention on Batgirl uh, at that time, and we hadn't seen. Barbara Gordon in a bat suit in many many years, so I'm sure there was there was a lot of excitement with that. You you haven't done a ton of work with DC, is that right? No, like I I tend to you know I tend to make my Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> but I work for anybody is that that will hire me if to to a point I've learned my limits these last these latter years. Here. Okay. That's like 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 crazy. I didn't you know just when you think I'm an adult and I have. <laughs> No more to learn. I've got this adulting thing down pat. You're like, oh my goodness, you don't know anything. Why? <laughs> that crying. Uh huh. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, tell us about your background a little bit. How did art become a career for you? Did I have a choice? No. <laughs> You're an artist. <laughs> Oh no no that that was that was like totally that's this new dates in age where it's all accepting and it's so wonderful. No, we've got to go back, mm -hmm. back, go back further to when they were letting the animals off the ark. That's, <laughs> that's about when I started. You know, right. first there were the first set there, you know, and then had the golden age, and you had all that happy stuff with Jim Lee, and then I don't know what came after Jim Lee there for a while there. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, image. Let's just talk. Yeah, then we move up. You know, the first round of image where we're watching it on TV as kids is Wildcats and stuff. Like, ooh, that's lovely. Oh, yeah. And then I just like that storytelling art form. I always have. I didn't even know it existed. Like, comic books and stuff like that existed until I got back into this country when I was a kid. Okay. And even then, you know, you go beg your grandma. It's like, I want that book. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and they're like, no. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get it behind your back when you go up to New York to work. That's what's going to happen. That's the I'm trick. Clever, it, clever. That is. Except, you know, here in New York, in nice places like this, it's it's easy to get around. I mean, kids can just get around. There's a whole train system. Mm -hmm. Florida, Florida in the suburbs. <laughs> a, little, a little more challenging? <laughs> a little different. <laughs> Fight yeah, any yeah. crocodiles? <laughs> Exactly. Wait, how'd you know where the story is going? 
the, the nearest 7-Eleven was a two-mile walk away. Holy and cow. I knew, I knew they had books there. So I was going to take my little 12-year-old self, take my little brother with me, and we're going to walk through the shortcut down the little swampy area where there was an alligator that sunned himself with his mouth open. Oh, my All word. The, yes. It was okay. If you see the alligator, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. Yeah, if you don't see the alligator in his spot, mm-hmm. don't go over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, that's not good. You're going to get caught that day. And there, and there were snakes all to get this book that I had to cut lawns to earn the money wow. to buy. that's mm-hmm. serious so dedication. Well, I, I just wanted the book to see what it was. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, look at this. This is magnificent. <laughs> I need more of these books. Now, you know, those books were like, years old they've been sitting there they're oh, yellowed yeah. around the edges oh, yeah. but it's it's like it told me it spoke to me that hey wait so it's not just robotech on tv and voltron <laughs> on tv i mean they've got books with this stuff and then they started broadcasting all those old marvel things so you fall in love with thor oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. Namor, and you're like oh i'm here i'm gonna sing all the songs it's perfect and then some church lady got all our shows taken off the air because her kid said that He-Man was a master of the universe. Oh, no! I, You know what? Yeah. I was not allowed to watch He-Man when I was a kid for that very reason. Oh, my word. You see? That's you, the, do you That's understand? the truth. I do, yes. See? So you know what? So you see the era. I do. Oh, right in that terrible. same era. I certainly and do. Was. That's what lost it. But then it was so... To me, you couldn't erase that. You c- I couldn't erase what I saw. Thundercats, all those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, I love Thundercats. I wanted this so badly, I just didn't know how to get to it. Then, of course, Florida suburbs, you're not getting near anywhere near that. See, I'm sure. giving you the much much longer form than I usually give people. It's like, oh, yeah, I started drawing comics. I wanted to draw comics, but then girls did not draw comics. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'd always drawn that long form. Okay. And once I started to actually say, you know, because I had... I, I went into school and already knowing how to read, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, coming back, they're, treat, they're treating you like you don't speak English. It's like, it's your accents I don't understand. Mm. It's too much for my ears. That's mm-hmm. the first time I ever heard a country accent. You're like, what's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time by myself, into myself, and you just, I'm always drawing since I was very, 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 very young. And now finding like this, look, all this art, everything I've done. You could put it towards something. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. They quickly found out girls don't draw comics and boys don't like it when girls try to draw comics mm. in your kid in school. That's inviting many, many, many a fight outside behind the gym. Oh, boy. Wow. So, uh, that's okay. That that made me tough. It also made me create my pen name, Ariat Storm, which we used to call here. Ooh, because they cool. might. Yeah, they might tear up Aletha Martinez's work, but they leave Ariat Storm's work alone because, you know, that's probably some cool guy. Of course. So it's great. So that's how I got away for many years, sort of being like in the closet with this kind of art thing. Okay. Subsequently, there wasn't very many more comics to have, so I was in a vacuum. Hmm. I just knew it existed. I knew it was there. I might have had all of like five comic books until I got to a flea market and I discovered manga. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now I have Akira. Those beautiful backgrounds, the ultraviolence. I'm like, I'm here for it. This is even better than the American stuff. These mm-hmm. people change their clothes. <laughs> oh, look. Imagine. <laughs> it is. It's, it's like, how dare you? Then you put this really great stuff on TV. Because, you know, I'm, again, Thundercats era. Remember when they went into the closet and they had all the same clothes hanging there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. 
I, I thought that's how it was. <laughs> no, you just have all the same clothes. Yeah. I'm like, wait, no. Or Robotech, which is my ultra all-time favorite. But then you just kill everybody. Everybody dies. No Pokeball people. <laughs> <laughs> so they poor Ben couldn't even finish his steak. And I was all, I was just Rose Fork had died, died the day before. Poor Roy was gone. And then you kill Ben the day after. I don't understand how this happened to me. <laughs> Well, so. I mean, it sounds like you, you've got a long history with, you know, in a, a, a passion for comic books and that sort of storytelling. So I imagine mm-hmm. that it made it, I mean, that much more surreal and, and, a, and a special moment the first time you opened a comic book and saw your own name in there. What was that like? You know, it, it, it didn't. Oh, I'm going to tell you, it, Twist. it really did. Yeah, yeah, no, right? Dramatic plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is comics after all. Come on. Yeah. Because not met me again. By the time I finally saw my name in the book, that was, well, about a, a year or two after I had already been working pretty steadily in comics mm-hmm. because I ghosted. And I ghosted oh. King Aquaman. I ghosted on um, my first book was Osriel Ash with Joe Quesada. Okay. And I was his ghost. And then it came in on, under Marvel Knights, Daredevil, yeah. all that. That finally the first book I was credited for was with Mark Textiera doing his run on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and by the time they're your pants linking and washing. And I was like, oh, God, who said I knew how to do all these things? <laughs> When I was uh, when I was revisiting your Iron Man stuff, I I, I thought it was funny on a, on a page that uh, that's giving the credits. It says proudly introduce new Iron Man artist and Mistress of Steel. So I mean that's a that's a pretty good introduction for you yeah. there on Iron Man. That was absolutely the best. I fi- I read that and I loved it. But by time then I was I had learned a couple of things okay. that that were kind of just jading to me in the sense that yeah. you just you you the I don't didn't feel elation and joy i felt more trepidation than anything mm-hmm. else that you know i because i thought finally you've arrived it's like you're young you, you didn't even begin and now you've re- you've achieved this this goal that you know you everything from and this is more about the gender much less the whole color thing i did, didn't even get into all the mansplaining and trying to go to <laughs> sva hmm. and not being able to go because you know i had to drop out after a semester because the culture was 100% male. I was the only girl in the oh, class. Oh, word. And they would, yeah, mansplain to me why no comic book company would hire me. Oh, jeez. And it was such a such a toxic culture that it's like, no, so I'm 100% self-taught. I just couldn't deal with that environment. So you're, you're looking at this and you go, finally, I've got my first book in hand and I didn't even open it because, you know, you get comps after things come out, not mm-hmm. before, like now. I haven't seen a comp. Please, when was the last time I saw a comp? I can't. And then you only get one. <laughs> but then some a comic book store asked me to come in and sign the their issues of the book. So I was like, wow, and I'm, I'm going to sign books. And it's the first guy walked up and said, "It's because of you, I will not read Iron Man anymore." Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? Yes, and then that opened a line of trolls. So they just uh, had me sign the books quickly at the desk and walk out. And so by the time I went back to the office and saw it, I'm like, mm. so I'm exactly where I don't belong. I, I mean, I just and, I find that kind of behavior <laughs> just downright shameful. I can't. That's awful. I mean, so yeah, you, 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 had, you said you dropped out of art school, was it, because of the culture there? 
Yeah, the School of Visual Arts, which subsequently I'm I'm a professor teaching drawing one and drawing two and storytelling there now. Well, good for you. Yes. <laughs> it's a satisfying conclusion to that little story then. So you you, you leave there because of the awful culture, and then you jump into the comic culture, which it sounds like is the way I expected it to be, very male and exclusionary. So I mean what's what's that like for you? How do you how do you kind of navigate that? You know, and at that time it was me and it was Amanda Connor. There wasn't like name anyone that's in here now. They were not there before. Mm-hmm. So you basically, and so when you go to conventions, like I didn't go. I went to my first convention, I think 2008 for sure. That mm-hmm. was like when I debuted my own comic book, Yumi and Ever, which I just do on the side of all my work. So that means it doesn't get done. Yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but. You know, before then, to go out and to be in the public was to be a target. Oh, man. And to be that level of target, I did not feel unsafe. I'm a big girl. Mm. Good luck. That's all. And I, <laughs> I, yeah, I played football and I was in ROTC, you know, go Army. Though, so please, come. I'm, I've got enough anger to take all 10 of you little nerds. <laughs> so give me a reason. But, oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, it wasn't that kind, but it was like, I don't need to be attacked for doing my job. Yeah. Because ultimately, this is a job. You, it might be your dream, but it's my dream, too. It's like, did I do I want to draw, like, with all this division and all this, this talk and stuff now that's existing today? You know, it wasn't there before, and I dread that it won't be there in 10 more years, mm-hmm. but I'll still be here. So, oh, yeah. you know, unless I go, like, you know, King Kirby at my desk. That's my retirement plan, by the way. <laughs> that's how I'm going to retire. Yeah. My kid's going to find me draped over my desk dead. <laughs> well, it's nice and to have a plan. It's a good plan ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it would be a life well spent. <laughs> Do you think that that's, I mean, is there improvement happening? Or, I mean, there's there's more women, I guess, coming into the field. Is there diversity happening and all this stuff? Yes. Yeah. Is it improvement happening? Is it improvement happening? Of course. Mm-hmm. But I see another kind of thing creeping in around the scenes. Because, you know, if you look at comics, much like our country, they sort of reflect one another. We yeah. try to keep politics out. But it, everything boils down to the good old boy network that I met before I even got into comics. And mm-hmm. it's still that way underneath. If you don't have enough people of color, enough women, enough of everybody you want to see and you know, in a cat bird seat, mm-hmm. then no, not enough changes being made. What I am seeing is that this year, some, I was asked in an interview, so how did it feel to draw Wolverine? And I'm like, what do you mean? Wolverine and I are old friends. We go back to 2001 on my X-Men <laughs> run. But they could not, they're like, oh, because, you know, he's such a masculine character. What Again, what do you mean? I drew my first woman in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Many years after I got into the in the industry, any other woman I drew was in a refrigerator box, you, you know, the, the proverbial refrigerator box, mm-hmm. getting saved or, you know, just scantily clad. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's like, so to me, but there, and then I realized, I asked, wait, so I get what you're asking me. You're asking me the same question everyone asks me when I start to draw something that editors still ask, can she draw this thing? Mm. You're asking me, do I know how to draw the male form? Am I comfortable? Of course. Why'd you think I get into that? You're basically drawing Superman naked. <laughs> Why? Who would? What's not to love? But 
Yeah, it's funny, but to be asked, then I asked an uh, an editor, uh, how many women are working on books that have male characters in there? Just you this month, Hmm. like that, male. I'm like, oh, oh my God. So then I started to really look at it. So now they're kind of slotting you in. We're starting to see segregation. Mm-hmm. Which is not good. So girls draw girls books. Yeah. yeah. Black people draw black people books. Black girls draw this book. And you're starting to slot people in. And I'm finding even among art students, because I'm up from the old school where you draw everything, mm-hmm. because you never know what you're going to ask to be drawn. You don't know what they're going to ask you to draw next. But I just want to draw boys, or like the little skinny manga boys. I just <laughs> want to draw girls. I just want to draw K-pop boys, because mm-hmm. yeah, they're cute. But he's like, you have to learn to draw the big muscular superheroes too, not just the little girly boys. I mean, they're cute, but they're not Superman. And they're like, well, he's so muscular. It's like, where are we? Why are we here? So then now you have that happening, and then you have a culture that's going to slot you into a place. So what does that, what does this preserve? That good old boy network uh-huh. that we come back to. Yeah. So you are now rebuilding the boys club in another in a different way where girls don't even imagine admission at all. Yeah. I and always that's have a problem. Yeah. I always have that kind of awkward experience when I see like uh, one of those books that's focusing on all of the female characters and it's all female writers and female artists and I have this like weird juxtaposition of pride and like yeah. Focusing on women and that sort of fear that that's what's happening, that they're well, that they're doing that, placing them in a little corral. Well, because it's it's you know they're going to do what sells, and they believe that this is what people want. Look, I see this whole female cast. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, take a look at what all this what's being produced, and look at what's being separated. Do you not see how great the divide is becoming between the bigger core mm-hmm. books, the title character books? And then they're almost making Elseworld type books of the same characters that you can dumb down and make cutesy mm-hmm. for girls. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a problem. It's not going to be like it was when I was a kid and discovering books and just having that. Here is a story. This is a story driven book. No, this book is being handed to you because it's an all female cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what the hell? What are they doing? Yeah, that's sneaky. <laughs> yes, we're, it's sneaky, and it's almost like we're bringing it upon ourselves. Yeah, you're so, right. I see that. Yeah, yeah. That that's my worry. So when when you have someone saying to you that that you're the only female artist on on a, a male centric title, I mean, I guess I just can't really imagine how that would feel. I mean, do do you find that that puts an extra weight on you? Do you feel do you feel like you have a sense of responsibility to be a torchbearer or does it just make you angry? Does it just irritate you? Angry? Haven't you been listening? No, no. I... <laughs> you, you seem fine about it. <laughs> this, yeah, this is a job. Yeah. This is my job. And I, and you know, this is what I do and all I do. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm going. This is literally the hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. So with that thing, I, do I feel anger? Do do I feel? Of course, you feel anger and frustration about having to do your job when you get a script and it's like a new writer or one of those writers that I write only serious things. And you're like, it's a novel, it's a tome. Those things upset me. Uh-huh. As far as, mm-hmm. You know, and he, it's like this is what I came in to draw. I want to draw Conan. This is where I want to draw robots. I want to draw things that transform and robots that kill and stomp up cities and maybe Godzilla one day. That would be fine. But other than that, these. I'm remiss 
that it's not focused on the story as much as it used to be. Mm. And it's more focused on the next gimmick. I don't want the next gimmick. I want the story. Mm. I want to be there. And as far as firsts, I've been a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts. And none of them, none of them make any difference if I can't feed my son. Mm. Ultimately, it's about feeding my child and also leaving. You know, you've got to rate. You've got to have people educate them enough so they can come behind you and pick up your sword because I'm going to be gone one day. Mm hmm. And my real worry is, is there going to be someone to replace me? Mm-hmm. Are you going, don't replace me on a level where people are comfortable with. Challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Draw things you cannot draw. Do not draw what you're comfortable with or what you like. I have yet to draw something that I truly like. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you draw everything you don't like. Draw everything you find hard. Because if there's no challenge in life, what are you here for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how you grow. Exactly. Well, let's let's talk about the work a little bit because you mentioned early on that that you are completely self-taught, and I'm just wondering um, how the how the field has changed because at this point you've got a nice long history in the field. So I'm wondering, is technology? Do you, do you see any changes that way? Oh my goodness, there are literally leaps in about not in not in technology and how we produce the books. Mm-hmm. You know, we were married to that. 11 by 17 page, 10 yeah. by 15 live area. If you pencil, you pencil. If you ink, you ink, but ink over someone else's pencils before you turn them in. Every The whole process was much more a team effort. It's mm-hmm. still a team effort, but it wasn't until those iMac computers came along till you were really where Photoshop could run from your home till it's truly powerful. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing a shift. Now you have printers that can print comic books, you know, so you're starting to you don't have to do gang runs with friends to get some indie books printed very (laughs) poorly. So all of a sudden now Photoshop can run well and Illustrator in InDesign. So I literally had to learn an entirely new skill set. So you first come in, you learn to pencil, you learn to ink. And that's difficult. Like I wanted to learn everything, Mm -hmm. getting to work with Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti. Joe Rubenstein, I got to be at his house with his mean cats because he was one of, <laughs> yeah, he was one of the um, inkers I admired greatly. So I went where I had to to learn and to apprentice and to you know build your chops and as Joe called it, trial by fire because it wasn't like I had time to be able to build up a repertoire of pages. Yeah. Of, here, here's some samples. No, I put together, managed to cobble together the samples, went to a convention, showed him, and the next day I'm working. Wow. And you're hitting the ground running with yeah. this stuff and here you thought when and then now you're washing going pulling on your old painting thing just to get gray tones in because they're everything is taking another step and then it takes a step into the age of where you are doing the bullpen work at home so that means you're learning photoshop illustrator and indesign if you put it off you're not good you're basically today it changed so much that there is they don't bother telling me the specs of something you should know it Mm. you don't you have to scan i have to so i'll draw all day and then i will have to spend hours at the computer doing all of the the pre-flight stuff getting it locking it in its template wondering did they have a template for this the big companies do but sometimes the little companies they don't so they're like yeah they don't even bother telling you an editor doesn't even have that like, wait a minute, you don't know this? Huh. So you're like, you, wait, you don't have that $5,000 scanner at home, the thing that's more expensive <laughs> than your computer? <laughs> yeah, you, you have to have it. You have to have it because you're working that way. 
So that 11 by 17 page is now a dinosaur to me. I don't draw that size anymore unless yeah. it's double page spread. You don't have to. If I'm scanning it and you're going to send me paper after the book is done, I have it piled up. Oh, look. No, I'll draw on anything because I'm the one putting it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, here's a terrible secret. <laughs> because, I'm ready. Yes. Yes, this is terrible. Because I'm very rarely hired to pencil now, because now I have to pencil and ink my own work and scan it and get mm-hmm, it right, mm-hmm. right. So, very, very. so when I do pencil, like on Superb and even on It's a Bird, it was all blue line. There was no pencil. <gasps> oh, my. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes, you just scan it in. You change the, you know, it's black. You scan it in grayscale. Oh, my God, it's beautiful pencil. It's pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky. Uh-huh. Are yes, there and drawn on copy paper? Oh my word! <laughs> I mean, it sounds like there's there's a I, with anything like that. It seems like there are pros and cons. I'm wondering if there are any little nuances you miss from the old style. Ah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> all right, no. all right. Because what became you know you always have to be there as I said, position to take that next step forward. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't get complacent. You can't sit because that moment you sit, then you're basically going to be. You know, this is again. I always say this is this in this this is an industry of sharks. You have mm-hmm. to keep swimming. Mm-hmm. You know what happens to a shark when they settle, right? They drown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So we can't have that. You have you have to keep reaching. You have to go beyond. Like this year, I've had to add. Let's learn computer coloring because <laughs> okay. I can all. I can already do all the other stuff. I can letter the book. You name it, I can do it. I can get it done. I can do everything else. Now I've got to take that next step. Now, all of a sudden, here, you want to color this too? It's like, yes. And notice, I say yes before I really understand the full, <laughs> I know the job, but don't worry, because that's the military attitude. I don't know, sir, but I'll I'll find out. You can figure it out. Yep. 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 Okay, well, uh, leaning more into kind of like the artistic-y side of it, uh, are there are there artistic influences that you feel like you draw from, like people or artistic movements that kind of impact the direction you go with some of your stuff? Or is it more kind of like leaning towards specific goals for a specific project? That's exactly it. Specific goals for a specific problem. Mm-hmm. If you take a look at my stuff, my work, none of it looks like itself. It's like when you look at Jim Lee, it's Jim Lee. Right. It's like you can recognize him anywhere. It's polished, it's beautiful, it's his style. You look at Aletha Martinez, it's this way one week, yeah. this way the next book, this way the next book. It changes because mm-hmm. it, it depends on what the book says to me. Yeah. It's like in a one way, it makes it so that you're constantly unrecognizable, meaning it's like, did she, she drew that? Uh-huh. Then also, it's like, you know, it, it gives me a chance to grow and to try new things. But it works against me in that you don't become household in a kind of way. So every time it's like the thing that like I think hurts me the most about this is that I can never reach a point where you are established. Because mm-hmm. you don't have that like hallmark style. Yeah. And not only that, there's a lot of backlash. There's there's a lot of like now that people are I think it was easier when I was just a Martinez Mm-hmm. or something or I didn't go to conventions because mm-hmm. when you go out now now you're being judged by your gender mm-hmm. by your race by everything and I'm like what do those things have to do with my money mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and you know people don't it's like they they don't like your attitude it's like what you don't like my business like and go forward attitude yeah. I don't have time for your 
for the games and the drama. Uh-huh. Any drama is going to keep you from working. And believe me, I've got to work and work fast. Cause yeah. I work, I've got to work twice as hard as a counterpart for less. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm kind of known for being able to get stuff done. And you can't. I work sick or well. That's what I tell my students. That's why I go around. when I, And I also travel for the State Department, you know, when we were allowed to do so. Going around preaching this comic book message. <laughs> and... You know, I tell people you draw whether you're sick or well. Yeah. You draw every single day and you plan to draw to your deathbed. That builds discipline, stamina. And then you're asking yourself that question. If no one else is around, would I still draw? I don't think half of the people in, that aspire to be in the industry would say yes to that. Hmm, interesting. They, they draw to please others. The first person you draw for is because you love it. And you're pleasing yourself because you're going to hate this thing before before your day is done Mm -hmm. you will you will get to a point where it's a bad marriage (laughs) (laughs) and you don't know why you stay well this is making yeah (laughs) this is making me think about i mean this how you change styles um like in uh in x-men black sun you come in at um issue four i think it is and so when you do something like that jumping in after so much work has been done on it do you do anything to kind of like match up with the previous style in that kind of a situation? Or are you still sort of trying to follow your own vision for it? No, no, I tend to match the previous style, even like, you know, bad girl, it looks like someone else is like the, the artist that's with me. So mm-hmm. that it doesn't like we would, we split some of the books in half. Mm. So you can't go from this book and all of a sudden, oh my God, look at this dramatically different style. Yeah. It's jarring to the reader. Yeah, I've noticed that so. sometimes with other artists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Suddenly I'm you're in a different style. book. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute, and you flip to the cover. Yeah. Did I, did I just have a stroke? I must have had a stroke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's only when I start a book from scratch do I world bill at that point and decide what this book needs. But if I'm being brought in on a book, I match the style. So that when I was on Moon Girl, it looked the way the regular Moon Girl book yeah. was mm-hmm. close so I could get to it. Not like, here's my take on Moon Girl. Right, yeah. Well, that, Just and that, because. <laughs> that book has such a unique style and tone, too, that I think that would have been really jarring. So I think that speaks to your oh, versatility, yes. you know. Stop it. That book was, oh, my God, Moon Girl. It looks so simple and cute, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, that witch is just as hard to draw as Barbie. <laughs> Barbie was the hardest thing I ever drew. Really? Why is that? The because she's on model. It's not my interpretation of Barbie. It's oh, Barbie that oh, okay. Everyone in the whole world True. recognizes. So they will tell you that little tiny nose. She doesn't even have a nose. It's a millimeter off. What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, pretty pretty strict rules in regards to Barbie. It I guess sounds so. Like. Wow. This yes. is news to me. Yeah, yeah I mean, militant I, stuff. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about something years that I read recently, and that's World of Wakanda. I know that you had some early history with Black Panther. You said that was your first mm-hmm. like credited Marvel job was on on the Black Panther title. Yes. Um, was that uh, no that that was a collaboration with Roxanne Gay? Can you tell me a little bit about that book? Because I know that's spinning out of the Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, run on Black Panther. How, how did that come about? What was your experience like on it? It's 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 like most of the work. Like I. I, I guess I'm very fortunate that I don't hunt for work or kind of like, hey, you want to do mm-hmm. this book? And I'm always like, yes, I'll <laughs> take that book. 
So it was that. Then I then Roxanne Gay, you know, she's a new writer to comic books, not to everything else. Sure. Not to post and this and another fun fact. I actually want to write sci fi novels. Mm. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. That's my big dream to be a writer. Wow, I know okay. you're like, wait a minute, you've got this is like, no, no. This is <laughs> this is like it's like, imagine this is Mount Everest, so I'm like halfway up. Yeah. So I gotta you know, I got other things to do. But getting on this book, it's it's like any other to in a way. I think they pair me with people who don't have a lot of experience because I have a lot of experience yeah. sorting through stories and getting it done. And that book was a roller coaster ride. This was at the height of Black Pet it was only supposed to be a little mini series, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, here, here we have here we have it making Black Panther's doing so well, the relaunch. So they said, let's do a little spinoff. Let's get a little bit of, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're doing this book. You know where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And it, the scripts are coming later and later. And you're working faster and faster. Wow. All of a sudden, you're not sleeping anymore. Life is getting like, I don't want to live. <laughs> <laughs> and then, where's, where's Black Panther in this book? The city's burning, but the two women are vacationing in the car. <laughs> Yeah. Namor flooded the city. And yeah. They, where were they in Central Park? Yeah. But yeah. again, again, I have no control over that stuff. I still to this day don't know why Barbara Gordon could walk suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one explains these things to me. You just yeah. draw it. But it wasn't until the movie came out, you know, long after. You're, sure. you're done with this. It's over. And then the movie comes out and you realize, you know, first I see it with the crew. You know, your Marvel family. And it's like, oh, that's a good movie. It's going mm-hmm. to help push Avengers along. Yeah. Like, that was an interesting movie. I enjoyed it. And then I saw it with my brother mm-hmm. on the weekend. And I watched a grown man cry. Wow. Mm. And then I looked around the movie theater. And there's people upset. I thought they were upset. And I realized, no, they're not upset. They're seeing something. And what are they seeing? So now... I'm out of my pushed out of my comic book world and back into the real world because I live in comic books 24 7 yeah believe me everything every thought in my head it's all about I float around in a dream that's why I think a lot of things I stay you know I'm not really awake in the world so it's a good shield and then when you do wake up you're like we got Trump what the hell uh-huh. <laughs> 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 who So, yeah, but this was like a a real awakening where I'm watching and it's like, so this movie that was lightly received and quite, it was okay, was not received that way by the public. It was powerful. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I see. So you finally have people, you're not handing a person of color their legacy. There's Mm -hmm. no Buana to hand you your legacy it is your birthright. You are here. Mm. You you are you're taking the hero's journey without help from an other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's what this is about. And I didn't think they honestly expected it to be as big or powerful or so meaningful to so many people all around the world. We think of just about us here. When I went to Algiers, that's what that was the only movie they were allowed to watch. Oh, really? And. Yeah, and then even from that point, you re- I realized how myopic our view is here as Americans because they asked me, well, what about us? We're, we're Africans too. These are the Berber people. And they tend to look a little bit more Arabic. They were a French mm. colony. And they're like, well, we, where's us? We, why, why, why didn't you 
It's like because I didn't know you existed. When mm. we think of Africa, we think of South Africa. Sure. We think of Charlie Theron. If we're going to think of white people, and we think <laughs> of you know Nelson Mandela, if we're going to think of black people, yeah. we don't. We're not educated enough. I'm to know that you know Africa has is a broad spectrum of mm-hmm. many people, and we only include. And it's like that is our own narrow mind. Yeah. So. By the time I Kate went back the next year and the government brought me back, I made sure to include their people in the books I was working on. Oh, wonderful. Because you just you have to keep learning and growing and adding to that. You realize how narrow our view is here in this country and how we're fighting to change that. And I, I almost look at it now today after this it's a bird thing going, What the hell? Why are we still fighting for this? We should be ashamed mm-hmm. yes. that we insist other places tear down their monuments to whatever ignorance that they were once dancing around, whatever mm-hmm. camp fired or whatever Nazi thing they were saluting. And But we're going to talk about this flag of a fallen everyone confederacy. Mm-hmm. You don't know that that's a traitor's flag? Yeah. Why are you having that anywhere? Didn't you know that in the military, the first thing they teach you is that you do not salute the flag of a fallen confederacy yeah let's leave that right there there mm-hmm. we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> simple i said it finally they know oh yeah well listen it's been it's been really great talking to you today i'm uh I, i'm a fan of your work i'm going to continue to be a fan of your work I keep an eye out for your name as it pops up uh and I, I just really appreciate you taking the time today oh thank you for having me like i said yes and i and i'm starting to learn to speak things into being like i said I'm a person of first, and I, I think I need to draw Superman yeah. or Namor. Yeah, I do. I, I'm for it. Because do you think, do you know, I don't know that many women have drawn Superman, if any at all. I think you're right. I mean, none, <laughs> certainly none come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Let me plant my flag over you're there. You're the one. Do it. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate you taking taking some time out of a busy apocalypse to talk to us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Again, wonderful. I love this conversation. Me Thank too. you for having me. I could have talked to her for hours and hours and hours and hours. I know. I I want to be her new best friend. I know. I feel like we are. Maybe we are. Is that too soon? (laughs) I really enjoyed that. I I think we were clicking. And if she wants to hang out, I think we're open. We'll just leave it open. (laughs) If it happens, it happens. I feel that I failed my Archie fandom by not asking any questions about her work with Archie Comics. But as I said in the interview, I mean, I was first introduced to her work with Batgirl. But. Mask in the Iron Man, which is a really early work of hers, I want to say 99, early 2000s, work that she did with Joe Quesada, is just a cool Iron Man story where the armor gets sentience and eventually sort of becomes the more dominant thing Hmm. between Tony Stark and Iron Man. And it ends in this epic battle of like Tony Stark on an island with like sticks and stones, literally, trying to fight off the Iron Man armor. Weird. And it's just, it's got a really like stylish, polished look to it. Mm -hmm. And it's just a cool story. It's fun. I like it quite a bit. It sounds quirky in a way that you would like and maybe I wouldn't. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. You can find her on Twitter at Ariatstorm, and the website is Ariatstorm, A-R-I-O-T-S-T-O-R-M.com. There you can find all sorts of things, including the sci-fi novel that she was alluding to, Foreign. Uh, the first chapter is right on there, so you can check that out. Hillary, you are also going to have an interview with her over on your podcast, previously on X-Men. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I am. Yep. We had a really nice conversation uh, covering all kinds of stuff with like her experiences in the industry and like her, how she chooses 
how to draw various specific projects. Yeah, you touched on a lot of things that were really interesting that we actually didn't cover in this interview. So yeah. it's really, it's it's not a re, it's not a repeat. It's, oh, no. Yeah. It's a wholly different thing. So I encourage you to go find Eric and Hillary over on Previously on X-Men. And where, what's, you, what's you guys on Twitter? We're Previously on X. All right. Check them out there. Our thanks again to Aletha Martinez. Go check out her work. Check out Foreign on the website, ariatstorm.com. Uh, Eric will be back next week. So we'll see you then. Hillary, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So long, everyone. Thank you.